Hello, my ears. How are y'all doing? Hope your weekend was fab and you're ready for a new week of focus, motivation, and getting closer and closer to financial freedom. Okay, do y'all remember last week's podcast when I was trying to remember that entrepreneur's last name? And I said, Damon, Damon, he's on Shark Tank now. It's John, Damon John. I can't believe I went blank on that. Too much info in my head, I guess. Well, Damon John, who's now known for Shark Tank. But if you're over 35, like myself, you should remember a very popular hip hop apparel line called FUBU, which means for us, by us. And that clothing brand took over the world. It was everywhere on videos. It was in a Gap commercial between 97 and early 2000s. It really, really dominated the hip hop scene. All kind of stars were wearing the label. And it, it was just, it was like the cool thing to wear was FUBU. So how did this young man, raised by a single mom, in a lower middle class area of New York City, make this happen? What's Damon John's raw backstory to his success and wealth? Let's discuss it. Welcome to the $100 Heiress, the only podcast that shares with you the raw and uncut journey of what it really takes to go from rags to riches. Prepare to learn how to transform your dream into your reality through hard work and tips that you won't receive anywhere else. So let's get into today's show. So first of all, let's talk about the type of environment young Damon was around. He saw people making it in Queens during his youth, the likes of Russell Simmons and Run DMC and L. O. Cujay. Who doesn't know those names right now? Where those were the type of people he saw out there hustling and making a living selling their music. And this fascinated and motivated Damon. He knew he wanted to be a part of that life. So what did he do? He started his own apparel company <laughs> and he started with a couple of his friends. They wanted to inclusively represent the hip hop culture in a positive way. Damon said that the very beginning of FUBU was him and his mother sewing clothes in her living room. He was also working full time at Red Lobster. Now talk about humble beginnings. Now that he wasn't dirt poor. So I don't know if it would be a rags to riches story or maybe just um, medium, medium rags to riches story. <laughs> Definitely not poverty level. So for my heirs into hip hop, and like I said, older than 35, you may remember LL Cool J wearing FUBU clothing all the time. And he wore a beanie in a um, Gap commercial. Also Will Smith, even Beyonce. Yes, Queen B herself was wearing 
FUBU at that time. Now, are you asking how did these artists get a hold to Demon's clothing line? That's the question I would ask. Because I need to know how that door opened. Well, the only info I found was that Demon placed ads in publications like Ride On Magazine, which was a hip-hop magazine. I don't even know if it's still out, but it was it was a popular hip-hop magazine back then. And they also said that LL Cool J was one of Demon John's friends. Remember earlier I said he witnessed the come-up of those certain hip-hop moguls of today. So in one article... It said that John's mother took out a $100,000 mortgage after Demon kept getting turned down for a loan. And in an interview by Demon, he said he took out a mortgage on his house, a second mortgage. So I don't know if his mom gave him money and then he also mortgaged his house and got money, some more money. That wasn't clarified because as you guys know, different stories have different facts and some leave out things. So I always say what I found and then there's always like a contradiction and and this and that. So we really, (laughs) you really can't know the complete truth unless Damon gave his interview to us directly. But like I said, he's one of his interviews. He did say he took out a second mortgage on his home. But there was other articles that said his mom took out a mortgage and helped him too. Damon also said in an interview with Tim Ferriss that his first big break was meeting Ralph McDaniels, who had shows on MTV and VH1. And McDaniels loved the FUBU apparel. So that's how... He got some of his uh, apparel, I guess, with certain artists. But here's another question for you. How did that meeting get arranged in the first place? I mean, you just can't call up MTV and be like, "Uh, I have some apparel. I want your want some artists to wear. Could you hook me up? So how did that meeting get arranged in the first place? My ears, you know, the truth never quite come out. Not the full truth. Hopefully one day when I have made my mark in this podcast world and am well known, I can hold those one-on-one interviews and ask the questions others don't seem to want to ask. Or perhaps they do, but they don't want to get the guests upset. So they fear that. Well, Damon John also credited, this was in an interview, Norman Westfield or Wisefield. He was the president of Samsung Textile Division. And that's how FUBU went global. So Westfield proposed that if FUBU could sell $5 million of clothes over three years, he would back them. FUBU sold over 30 million dollars worth in three months you know they were on a mission heirs now now, okay you're wondering how did Norman Westfield contact Damon John for this proposal Damon John took out an ad in the New York Times and he said he had a million dollars with the orders 
and he needed financial backers. And that's how Norman contacted him. So I found that part out, how that meeting happened. Damon said that they had ups and downs throughout the life of FUBU, from selling handmade hats by himself on a corner of Queens to a $350 million clothing company. But he wanted a new challenge after the excess of FUBU. And he wanted a new goal. So now Damon John is known for his seat on Shark Tank, a show focusing on up and coming entrepreneurs seeking out investors. Now, as an entrepreneur, you can learn a lot from Shark Tank if you study the format. Even I think the stories of the entrepreneurs that get turned down or the ones that turn down themselves, the, the, the sharks offer. I think that you can learn a lot from them. Like the lip bar founder, she didn't um, they didn't they didn't want to invest in her. And now she is like she was on Black Enterprise top uh, entrepreneur women. So that's the lip bar. We'll do we'll do a podcast on her. So there's so much on Demon John, but my podcasts are short, sweet, and to the point right now, and I want to keep that formula because it's working for me. I told you guys, we're busy in life. We don't have time to be listening to 30 minute, an hour long plus podcasts. Well, I know I don't, and my attention span, don't. it, it won't even keep for that long. So I like to bring the people to you, kind of give you some backstory of how they made it, and once again, maybe you could pick up some gems along the way to help you with your entrepreneur dreams dreams so before I end today's show I want to leave you with something from Damon John that I think is definitely a gold nugget so besides him selling his beanies on the corner by himself which they said that he was making like $800 a day by selling these hats and him and his mom sewing the clothes in her living room taking out mortgages to fund their dream, going into business with his friends, using his connections, because that's how I see it. He was using his connections with the Russell Simmons and the LL Cool J's and the Run DMC's, um, people that grew up kind of like in his neighborhood. He got his apparel on those well-known faces he took out ads in newspapers and in magazines. He spent money, the, the money he was making, he put it back for his marketing. And then he blew up. He blew up with hard work and dedication. But now, now him being on Shark Tank is reaching a whole other generation. But back to what I want to share with you guys. Damon John has a book called The Brand Within. The brand, B-R-A-N-D, within. And in that book, he mentions how we build upon our brand from the moment we are born. That we should always be conscious of our self-image, your brand, in order to maintain a desired reputation. Now, these words from Damon spoke to me personally in this age of social media. I see the sexy posts, the twerking, the foul language, and the views and popularity skyrocket on those type of posts, where I'm more family-friendly, spiritual, motivational, and I am struggling to get my name out there or just to get someone to like the, the post or the picture. 
even my mom and I, we have this business as wrappable uh, hats and they have motivational words on them. Um, you can go to my Instagram page called Nisha Bo or $100 Heiress and you can see pictures of what I'm speaking about. But anyway, it is so hard to even get people to like that picture. And they're very nice, wrappable caps like Damon John was selling his beanies, making $800 a day on the corner. <laughs> I can't sell five a year. But, you know, I I search for others doing the same thing on models and online, like on the Instagram posts and things. And they have the, the sexy models with the revealing clothing, but their marketing has and they get thousands of likes. So maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. But I'm still going to stand my ground because I want to portray a different image than the majority because I am different. And like Damon John said, people will cast their judgment on you by what they see. What do I want the world to see, my heirs? A motivating, inspiring, hustling, God-fearing boss chick that wants everyone to succeed right along with me. So I'll catch you next time right here on $100 Heiress every Monday. I try to do the morning, but sometimes I slip to the evening, but it's every Monday, a new podcast. Please catch up on previous podcasts. I really think that you can get something out of each podcast that will help you on this financial journey. So next time we might be talking about the lip bar founder that none of the sharks wanted to finance. All right, ta-ta, my heirs. Have a fantastic week.